Hi, I'm Jen Greaves, and this is Type One on One, the podcast that delves into the obscure, complex, and challenging world of life with Type One diabetes. Type One on One: The Diaries is a special spin-off series that brings you all the usual stuff about the highs and lows of this insulin-laden life. But this series, I'm chatting non-stop with my friend Amy Bennett, who also happens to live with Type One. Non. Stop. Hello, Jen. Hello. It's just what we do. It's what we do. I am a newly diagnosed baby diabetic, so I feel very, very lucky to have a close friend, Jen, uh, who I actually knew before diabetes, to experience just how wonderful it is to share the frustrations, the mishaps, the challenges, and all of the funny bits of living with type 1 diabetes. Lol. We pick each other up when we've had one of those days, and we know how fortunate we are to have a close friend who just gets it, because let's face it, not everybody does us so we're inviting you into the coven as you'll likely know if you're listening to this type 1 diabetes is 24 7 so each week we're bringing you the diary of what we've been up to and what our diabetes has been doing too and Jen and I are both different of course there is no perfect way to do diabetes although if there is please hit me up I would absolutely love to know it's not one size fits all so we really hope that the diaries show you that and also we are not medical professionals we are just trying to make the best of a situation so please don't listen to us if you're looking for medical advice seriously we are not the guys don't do it we're two adult women who are just trying to figure this out and we hope our stories might help you too Welcome to Type 1 and 1 The Diaries. This is the weekly podcast in which myself, Jen Greaves, and my dear friend Amy Bennett talk about the literal and otherwise ups and downs of living with the delightful, quote unquote delightful, chronic illness that is type 1 diabetes. My sweet darling Amy, be very gentle here. Would you like to say hello? Hello, Jen. Came out quite normal, actually. I feel like you gave it some energy there, but sweet, sweet Amy is poorly. I'm poorly. So we're going for a more chill approach today. This is a more wind down evening listen, lower energy, calmer, which you'll probably appreciate if you listen to the other episodes, less cackling from Amy, possibly not less cackling from me, but we'll see how we go. This is just going to be, what is it when you're a kid? indoor voice episode. It's okay. I'm not in any pain. It just doesn't sound very nice. I've just been doing a lot of sleeping. It's apparently not COVID, but um, mad blood sugars. I've never, I don't think I've been poorly since I've been diabetic, like properly poorly, apart from that time when I was sick. I had to go to hospital. Interesting about the blood sugars. Tell me more. Also, that was the first symptom I had when I did have COVID. Yeah, as a few people have said to me, it sounds like you've got COVID, but I'm testing negative. So just really, really high and can't, can't seem to get them back down, like to the point where I'm giving myself way more insulin than I would normally need. And I'm just not coming down. I, I had an alarm go off earlier and I was like, oh God, it's a low glucose alert. And it was a high one. No. Yeah, it's mad. I tend to run high when I'm sick. I think it's different for individuals, obviously, like everything with this chronic condition but generally if I start running high I do start to think my body is like fighting something off or responding to something and the only bit that's down is like the night time oh and it's funny because I'm not really eating that much I've got no real appetite so um just annoying but it'll pass it's fine I don't feel too rough I'm just sleeping a lot yeah 
I'm not going to lie, it does feel like COVID. I know, a few people have said this to me. <laughs> hate to break it to you, babe, but you're at home. You and Milu are chilling, hanging out. Yeah. Milu the dog. So I got COVID in December in Peru. Wasn't it New Year's? Was it Christmas or New Year's? Year? Yeah, I actually think I oh. got it on Christmas Day. Slash, that's when I first started to feel the first symptoms. So I probably had it a little bit before that. But I was just wrapping up my four-month remote work program, which is what brought me to the other side of the world in the first place. And we were so high on life. I had the best week. I went on this amazing adventure in Cusco and we were in Lima and it was kind of going into our final week of the program and we'd been together as a group of 15 or something like that for four months and I just felt amazing and suddenly it was like oh and I think I was the second person to test positive but in the end there were nine of us out of this group of 15 so we just all got completely hit with it and I was in my own apartment anyway so luckily I could just extend it and isolate myself but we all happened to be in the same building so it was like this house of covid all these different individual apartments and slowly slowly people were getting shifted around into isolation in these apartments quite surreal when you think about it now isn't it like yeah it feels like it's just become part of life now 100% there was no panic yeah it feels weird now like do you remember at the beginning when it was like don't touch door handles. You know, when you go outside, or put your outside clothes immediately in the washing machine. When you yeah. Get in, things like that. It was mad. We've come such a long way because remember when there was that horrible headline a few weeks in about like the how at risk you were when you, if you had type 1 diabetes. Oh. And I remember when that came out that day, you messaged me and you were like, are you all right? And I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, kind of is what it is. And then it didn't really hit me until... I started reading through The Guardian had done um, a bunch of obituaries for people that had died because it was early days. Yeah. And I picked out, like, I just randomly was reading, like, these obituaries. There was, like, a set of twins, you know, really, you know, sad stories. I randomly picked out, like, young women and all of them had diabetes. And then I started to think, oh, gosh, like, this is scary. But Mm. um, now it feels like, you know, we're in a different place. I've been vaccinated. If I have got COVID, I actually feel all right. Apart from like, I've lost my voice. I've got a bit of a sore throat and I've been sleeping a lot. Other than that, I'm okay. Yeah. My experience, it was actually in some ways, and I don't want to say this and undermine anyone who's gone through something horrific, as we all have in different ways through this. Symptoms aside and illness aside, this beautiful thing came out of it because we were all isolating over Christmas and New Year. So we had to figure out ways to like make it fun and just enjoy it. You did a um, like a New Year's Eve like Zoom party with all the people you were in the same block with. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was in the same building and there was two people who didn't have COVID who were still there and they were dropping stuff at our door and then running oh. away so that we could like have a little drink and have a little like we got some like stupid hats and stuff it was just super sweet and very life affirming in a weird way but obviously we'd come to a point where i could safely say that yeah it was yeah. an interesting experience but it also kept me from like coming back to the uk for the first time after my adventure and like life kind of changed after that different decisions were made and then you came and saw me in Mexico I remember you messaged me and you were like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to come back or I'm gonna have to come back later and I was like mate 
don't come back. Mm. Like it's a mess here because it was right at the time when, you know, we weren't in a lockdown, but I think there was threat of another lockdown and everything felt like it was going backwards again. And I said, just stay there for another month or whatever. Everyone is still here. It's all still fine. And then you were like, actually, I'm going to stay for another three months. So I was like, right, I'll come and see you instead. <laughs> yeah, rerouted from Peru to Mexico. And I'm still doing it. So who knows what would have happened? I don't know. That's interesting. But yeah, my type 1 diabetes was the first symptom. I actually got quite feverish. I think out of everyone, I had maybe like the second most severe symptoms. I was very feverish, mm. but my blood sugar would not come down, no matter what. Yeah, I can't get mine down. I mean, at the moment... I'll tell you, I've had nine units. That's a lot for you. I know, it's a lot for me, and I just had like a bit of pasta. Okay, it's pixelated, but it's it's red. I can see that it's red. It's orange, <laughs> 14.4. I just can't get it down. But I actually, it's weird, I don't feel like I've got the symptoms of, like I would normally feel at 14. I'd normally feel very tired and thirsty, but I actually feel okay. Mm. You've been sleeping a lot, that you said. Oh, I've been sleeping loads. That was the first giveaway for me. I could not keep my eyes open on Sunday. I mean, I say that giveaway. I did a test this morning. It was negative. I did Mm. a test yesterday morning. I did a test on Sunday. They've all been negative. So unless it comes back positive tomorrow, I'm going to go about my business. Yeah. I've got stuff to do. (laughs) She's busy. And also we forget that there are other viruses out there. We don't forget, but for a while we did. my mum said. said, Because my mum was like, are you sure it's not COVID? I was like, well, the tests are suggesting that it's not. But then a lot of people are saying to me that they didn't test positive until they felt better. Well, you've done well to get this far. That's for sure, if it is COVID. But fingers crossed. Well, none of my family have had it yet. Wow. That's good going. Well, that's what we think. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you feel better. I've made you talk yeah. way more than it's we intended fine. already. <laughs> That's my highs and lows of the week. Yeah. The high, very high blood sugars and the lows of not feeling great. But I'm actually fine. Good. I'm glad. I think I sound worse than I am. I probably look quite bad. I look a bit like a corpse, but... No, you don't. <laughs> okay. I voice noted you as soon as I got sick because I was like, dude, I don't know if we're going to be able to do a podcast this week. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> I'm glad we're making it happen, though. Quite selfishly, because I really love our weekly check-in, to be honest. Yeah, same, 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 same. <laughs> I feel better having spoken to a human being, so I've, like, put myself on voice rest and not spoke to anyone for three days. <laughs> oh, bless you. I'm fairly isolated this week as well, actually, in this house. There's no one left, is there? No one's left, and no one's arrived, and I'm here for one more week. So, you know, people can book this thing and, and turn up the next day, so... I thought someone might appear this week, but they haven't. But I mean, I've got a beautiful sunset. I'm in this ridiculous house and I'm working away and, you know, it's all fine. But yeah, it's very nice to actually talk to you. Is there people there that work there that you can talk to? Oh, yeah. I'm like interacting with people every day for sure. So that's and you grand. Do, and you're doing like meetings and stuff for your actual job, right? Yeah. No, I feel I feel pretty content, to be honest. It's a lovely place to be, so... All good there. I am having a bit of a mare of a diabetes day. I guess it is my highs and lows. Talk us through it. Oh, so two things. One's a bit more ongoing. I can't seem now, no matter what I eat, no matter when I eat my dinner, I can't seem to get away with not needing to split my insulin dose. That's weird. Even if it's low fat. Like a salad, yeah. Even if it's low carb, I'll need 
the dose at the time and then something a good three or four hours later sometimes and it's giving me these overnight highs because it tends to be just as I'm going to bed I'm like cool in range that's all done like that food's been processed and then the last two nights I've woken up and I'm way out of range sky high because this second thing has kicked in and last night I did put on an extended bolus because I learned from the night before and it, it still wasn't quite enough it wasn't as high the night before was shocking but looking back at my pump and stuff it's it's literally every night now that I need to do this so I read a really good thing today actually by I don't know what her name is but her account is called Beats and Beaties Mm. and she does like a lot of running and exercise and she was saying that when things change you know like when it's happened three or four times in a row she takes it on as a new habit because anything can affect yeah you know like this time three weeks ago I was low all the time and now I'm sky high all the time. So it's just about adjusting and adapting and constantly being. I think the annoying thing is, is trying to make a new routine all the time. That's it, because I don't really feel like I can set a new basal program because of my time that I eat dinner is different every day. I eat different things for dinner every day. There's obviously something I need to look at for sure. But I think you're so right in that not just for a couple of days at a time because of time of the month or something like that. Our hormones and our bodies are still evolving, aren't they, as we go? So mm. it stands to reason that, yeah, I, this is actually now a new phase where I need to do yeah. some more figuring out of yeah. my body. Have you tried to do, instead of changing your basil at night, have you tried to do, did you try to do a correction dose like before you went to bed? Although you're saying it's happening after you go to sleep, right? I seem to catch it just as I'm about to switch off. So it's more than a temporary basil. Like I need a full few units dose. Yeah, yeah. But I also have been eating a bit more the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if it's because I'm still wedged to that Peloton bike. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm doing a fair bit of exercise at the moment. So I'm eating more. So I wonder if it's just that kicking in. I'm maybe eating like too generous a portion. (laughs) Every night, which is nothing new. How much are you going to miss that Peloton bike? Oh Don't. My God. <laughs> There's a few reasons why I'm still here longer than intended. That is unfortunately one of them, which is <laughs> one of the more tragic things I've said. But yeah, what am I going to do without this bike? Breakups are hard. Yeah, I mean, now I'm just high all the time, to be honest. But I'm always reluctant to give myself too much at night before I go to bed because I know the old 5am hypo. And once I've had that 5am hypo, I find it really hard to get back to sleep. Yeah. It ruins my entire day. So I sometimes would rather go to sleep high just because I'll sleep better, which I know is such a bad thing to say. No, it's true. The sleeps are... I sleep like a baby when I'm sort of 10, 11, 12. It's like a lovely, lovely sleep. And nighttime hypo they're scary because you wake up not really knowing what's going on they're the worst type of hypo in my opinion because it's dark you're alone you're waking up sweaty shaky trying to connect some thoughts trying to understand what's happening I mean you know what's happening but it's just not a nice way to be woken up out of your sleep is it so yeah I I appreciate why you would do that I hate making the decision of what to do Sometimes I know that I can roll over and get away with it for another couple of hours. But you know, like when you've got arrows down 
and you think, oh, and you're like, what am I going to treat this with? And then it's just, it's just long. It's very disruptive and it uses more brain power than it would ordinarily. 100%. And then I really find it so difficult to get back to sleep because it's so close to when I would get up by the time I fixed the hypo. It always happens at around 4.45 for me. Oh, very specific. Yeah, so weird. And then by the time I've sort of fixed it, it's like 5.30. It's only an hour and a half before I wake up. It's like, you know, I'm still looking at the clock at quarter past six thinking, oh, good. Cool. Yeah, they do affect your day. I think even if you get back to sleep, you do get a bit of a hangover as well, don't you? Which kind of leads me into the day I'm having today. I woke up just above range, even though I put this correction dose on. But then I took a breakfast dose of insulin and got stuck into a bit of work and completely forgot that I'd had my insulin until the alarm went off. Because I was running a bit high, I was like, I'm going to have this insulin and pre-bolus to the max, which yeah. when I'm hungry is very hard to do. And I was like, no, you need to wait because your sugars have been stuck up out of range overnight. So you need mm. to wait until they start moving. Completely forgot I'd had the insulin by the time they did start moving. So then I was like shoveling in fruit and oats and I probably should have put some protein or some fat in there because then obviously I went sky high afterwards and... Uh, was sat up there until lunchtime when my insulin finally kicked in with the help of my beloved Peloton. But unlike last time I told you about this, I didn't stack my insulin. So I've actually managed to bring myself back into range quite nicely. That's good. Um, for the first time in about 12 hours. So that's fun. But yeah, that's my day to day. Lovely. I've just been asleep most of today. Oh, that is lovely. I've got no report. Yeah, but it's weird, like a weird compulsion to just be asleep all the time I mean I'm really enjoying it it's the most sleep I've had in arguably years I was gonna say it's really unlike you so I would make the most of it 100% because bless you you haven't slept since you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes no not really because I've been high I'm just sleeping so much better but I'm like putting in loads of insulin it's not doing anything so yeah um although I had a weird thing on Sunday morning, my voice had gone, but I didn't feel bad. But I went and met my friend for brunch and I injected myself into my thigh and it, it literally, I took the needle out and held it for the 10 seconds. I came out and it was like spurting everywhere. So none oh, of wow. it went in. It just My body's just like, no. No, thank you. We're not doing diabetes anymore. But to be fair, I did have like a carrot, ginger an orange juice which I know is probably the worst thing to have as a type 1 diabetic but we'd been at a festival the day before and I was a little bit hungover and I was like this is going to cure me and it did so sometimes you've got to take the rough with the smooth unfortunately (laughs) you know I figured it would be mostly like carrot and ginger and it would outweigh the orange I was wrong but oh yeah smoothies get me it made me feel like a thousand times better so sometimes I think I'm sometimes I'm just gonna do it yeah the payoff it's all a balance, isn't it? There's many different yeah. things going on there. You're like, do I want to feel like death for one reason? Or do I want to feel like death for a different reason? But then the, I think the diabetes reason, the high blood sugar reason, you can control that. So Yeah, it's true, it's true. You know, I can't make a hangover better any other way other than have this juice of health and goodness. And it's not like I just drink orange juice as a drink. It was like it was serving a purpose and it was mixed with other things. And I did also eat some eggs at the same time to try and get the bits in. Yeah, it's just like I needed the goodness. But I don't think you need to justify it. But sometimes I feel like I do. I'm sure loads of diabetic people can relate to this. But it's that thing is like, well, you told me you weren't allowed to have that. And you're like, yeah. oh, fuck off. <laughs> 
<laughs> but to me, it's no different than me choosing to have an ice cream one day. I have ice cream quite a lot. I don't care. I love it. This is what I mean, though. Why is it different? Is it because we normally view orange juice as something that bounces us up, whereas we don't yeah. take ice cream to fix a hypo necessarily as often? I mean... I'm not opposed to it, but it wouldn't work as fast. I think the thing for me is when I'm hypo, if it's really bad, I haven't had like really bad ones for ages. You know, like where you go like food blind yeah, and it's all just going in, but you, I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. It's just going in. You can't taste it. My dad said to me, oh, sometimes I save the good things for when I'm having a hypo. And I said, but I don't ever notice it. And then he also said to me, don't you hate eating dinner when you've, had your insulin too early and then because you can't really enjoy the dinner because you're just like shoveling it in because you get that intense hypo hunger yeah that bugs me a lot when I sort of can't make the most of a meal or enjoy it to its fullest because I'm just sort of it's a means to an end literally isn't it rather than like sitting and having a chat and enjoying what you've cooked or making the most of it savoring it yeah I get really frustrated because I, I am one of those people that's like oh I can't really have that and you know I learned to be less fearful after we were in Mexico you ask what's in things like you'll ask what kind of Mm. tonic they're using and stuff like that and now I do and then not that my friends do this but they must think it because I'll be like oh no I can't have that orange juice you know or I can't have that normal tonic and then in the next breath I'm like yeah I'll have an orange carrot apple and ginger juice today's the day but it's like you just got to pick your moments for where you want the admin and actually I think I probably benefited more from the vitamins well I mean the insulin didn't go in anyway so (laughs) you're right though it's it's the admin of it weighed up against like the enjoyment of it or the need for it and I think we're making so many decisions around that all the time you know from like what size portion of rice am I going to be able to handle today knowing what I'm doing later and how I slept last night like it's just all part of that but unfortunately I guess there's associations attached to certain types of food from an outsider's perspective and it's like oh you couldn't eat that yesterday in that situation in that environment (laughs) but now you can it's like oh I can understand the confusion because it does make me really in What's the word? Inconsistent? Inconsistent, yeah. Yeah. It makes me really inconsistent, but... That's type 1 diabetes through and through, isn't it? It's so damn inconsistent. inconsistent condition. How rude. (laughs) Gets on my case. Rude. Like a mix between a terrible partner and a toddler going through a rough time. Yeah, and a teenager as well. The stubborn teenager. Just a beautiful combination, isn't it? Ipsomed My Life Diabetes Care sponsors Type 1 on 1 The Diaries. Not only is the My Life Ipso Pump super intuitive, it's also super smart. The three-step My Life Loop program brings control and convenience to your life through its discrete modular system. Check out the Ipso Pump's future-proof tech at mylife-diabetescare.com. Sorry. I was just doing a little yawn, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> even about 16 hours a day at the moment you have to forgive me <laughs> i'm forcing you to make a podcast i'm not we just determined that me. i didn't said, if you don't record this podcast with me, it's <laughs> over and you're getting kicked off <laughs> so here i am everyone struggling for you because jen is a bully no she's not a bully at all oh my god i just said i'd rather do it now because i don't know what state i'll be in tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> One time, one episode, you were like, it's 20 to midnight here. And 
Honestly, for about two days, all I could think about was the fact that it sounded like, and this is nothing you said, this is me putting this on myself, it sounded like because of our time difference, I'd forced you to record in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) I felt guilty, even though it was nothing I had done. No, I think it's because we jump on and then we chat for an hour before we do the podcast about life and general stuff that, you know... The people listening to this podcast probably don't want to hear about. <laughs> I think that's the stuff they really do want to hear about. Probably not. My life is very boring. Um, if you were, if you really want to know the ins and outs, guys, um, I had a new shower screen put up this week. <laughs> um, the, um, <laughs> the shower head is now on the wall. Before it was on like a thing by the tap. Now it's up on the wall. So I had my first standing up shower today. Congrats. Yeah, that is a moment. That's my updates. <laughs> I got on a Zoom chat this morning with work and the guy answered the call. And the first thing I said was, oh, I like the brick in the background. And I heard myself and I was like, oh, Jen, she's 35 and thriving. She's mid-30s, yeah. yeah. Did I have a conversation with the other day? We were at a barbecue and we were talking about what methods people use to paint their garden fences. We, and then we stepped back and this was a group of people that I parted with like not that long ago, three, four years ago. And we were like, wow, we've really aged. <laughs> Here we are. I'm all right We used it. to be like, let's go to the disco and stay out all night. <laughs> the disco. <laughs> I love calling it the disco. This town, I've done some discoing since I've been here. It is definitely geared towards the disco life, but I've had fun. That's good. Yeah. So I went on a... A little adventure this weekend. I wouldn't call it an escapade, but I went away for a night or two to a different part to see a colonial, what do you call it, a city? I think it's more a town in Nicaragua that I wanted to see before I move on. And I knew that there wouldn't be a fridge in the hotel room. And we've chatted about this before. Lovely Costa Rican Jorge who came to the rescue and put a fridge in my room without me asking. I this time thought, I know what I'll do. Dusted off the old Frio wallet. I was going to say, have you still got the Frios with you? I have not used it once on my travels. For various reasons, I've either... You know, once you take the insulin out of the fridge, the insulin that you're actually using is fine for a month, and I've not been in a boiling hot situation. I'm obviously in Mm. warmer climates, but it's been fine. Or I've had a fridge because I'm normally in an apartment, so a grand. Whipped out the Frio wallet, go upstairs to my pack of insulin that's sitting in the fridge, my little travel wallet full of backups and backup cartridges and I realized that I was pulling out the last file of FIASP that I've brought on this particular trip and that's fine I've got backup FIASP cartridges which I can use to put into the insulin pump because of the way that you put the insulin in it's all fine I've got plenty of insulin but it did just give me a minute because suddenly you're like oh the supplies are dwindling and I've got a finite amount because I'm traveling Mm. anyway I go to take this file out of the wallet and I put it on the surface and we've got these like shiny marble top kitchen surfaces (laughs) I know what's coming I know what's coming oh my god (laughs) and it started to roll and this surface is high it's barstool high so I just have this like and I turn back whip my hair back from the fridge and just leap to grab this insulin and I caught it but in the moment I was just like no and what I thought of was your dad the mighty Dave 
when he oh, went yeah, to put a sensor he, on and the sensor rolled off the table onto the floor and almost escapade but we managed to save it and it would have been a full vial as well that would have been so oh, heartbreaking yeah oh gosh well done thanks and I was c- completely on my own you know but it was like it played out in slow motion I was just like oh, it always does Rah! but yeah caught it my dad said the same about the libre rolling off the table he was like it happened in slow motion i could see it going i just didn't get there in time and i think i think it launched it like when it hit the ground so, oh it fired yeah it stuck to the kitchen floor <laughs> i told you about the one i did on christmas day didn't i yes after three baileys mm, yeah some baileys <laughs> three plus some <laughs> did more I baileys talk about it on this podcast i think you did but i feel like we have to give context so please do remind us <laughs> okay so uh it was christmas day and my sensor had run out and so i was like right i'm gonna put a sensor on it's the afternoon um so i'd load it all up as normal and i put it in my arm and it's not moving it's like stuck it's like hard there's no like bounce in it so I keep trying i'm like quite hurt in my own arm at this point and i was like what is going on here and so I just tapped it on the end. <laughs> I tapped it on the palm of my hand. Obviously, it fired. It just fired into the middle of my hand. And I was like, oh, oh, dear. And there. It's quite sore, actually. <laughs> and I was like, it's not really a practical place for me to leave this. Thankfully, my dad had a spare. So I'd used my dad's. It made like a big old bruise in the middle of my hand for ages. Do you know what it's giving me? It's giving me real Harry and Marv Home Alone vibes. You know, when he goes to put his hand on the yeah. door when it's boiling hot or when he gets yeah. something darted into his forehead. Yeah, it's very me. It's very my energy. And to be honest, I'm surprised that I don't have more like catastrophic injuries from like needles and stuff. There was a time when I scraped the needle all the way along my side on the tube. Oh, I told you about that. I don't think so. So I put the needle in, the tube had stopped. I waited for the tube to stop. I was sitting on the seat. I put the needle in and then it did that thing where it jolts again before the doors open. And so the needle came out and then it's like scraped along my side. So I had like a big scratch up my side. That was only a couple of months ago, actually. Um, Because I was on the way to go and see my mum and dad because it was my dad's birthday. And um, I got there and like my side was bleeding. I was like, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I've done that so many times. When I used to do injections, I'd just be like, well, this is a bruise. Because you'd be in the back of a car or something. Actually, I was in a minivan in January when I was back on injections in Mexico. And I was trying to do it because I knew we were about to stop. And as we've discussed many times, tacos arrive very quickly. (laughs) So you need to pre-bolus ahead of when you would normally pre-bolus. So I was in this minivan with a group of people and I was waiting for like an opportune moment to jab this insulin into my leg before I jabbed in we went over this bump Uh, because the bump was so high I nearly scratched my eye with this needle oh my god that's horrendous it was so close and my friend who was sat next to me saw it and he was like oh my god I was like okay I think we're okay like blinking a couple of times making sure I hadn't actually done any damage so, yeah, that was an interesting one. That's horrendous. I used to do my insulin at bus stops. I used to take my injection. Like, once I realised, like, I just needed to live my life and do what I needed yeah. to do, I'll do it in the McDonald's queue. <laughs> like, wherever. I need some insulin. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just won't do it on the tube again. That was not pleasant. Yeah, that's um risky business, isn't it? That second jolt, I know the one you mean. Nope. It's hardcore. 
That's when everyone falls over, isn't it? Because they start to yeah. walk off the tube because they think it's stopped. And they're like, no, nope, yeah. only joking. Yeah, I've learnt my lesson there. And I don't really like doing it on the bus either or in a taxi just because it's unpredictable. Yeah, it's like playing um, some sort of action game. You're like, is it? Yep. Yeah. When do we leave? When do we go? When do we go? You always end up bleeding from those ones. 100%. Yeah, taking an insulin injection to the eye is not the one. It's making me feel like dicky you keep talking about it. I think there's something for me about eyes and needles. It's just not it. Oh, yeah. Definitely not it. And anything around the face, the gum, when they have to put... That doesn't bother me so much. I think an eye is worse. Also, I'm not shy of a needle to the face, let's be honest. (laughs) Okay, well, we made it through. I don't really think I can remember what we've talked about, so I'm really sorry, everyone. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I think you sound adorable. I think you sound so cute and, like, I just want to scoop you up and give you a big blanket and a nice hot chocolate or something. I just have to say one thing before you go, is I watched that film. Oh, yes. The film we discussed in last week's episode. So good. So bad, but it's so good. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you're in the perfect scenario to watch a film like that. Feeling a bit poorly, just want to curl up on yeah, the sofa with the I dog. Was, I was like, oh, this is so good. But then it did make me feel sad. Like, where is my... Husband and the insulin pump. Health insurance husband. Yeah. You only see it once, the sensor. You see her putting it in. It's the one that takes a million steps to put it in. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. Medtronic. You only see that once. Then you see her with the insulin pump. Then you only see it once more again. She goes to the toilet and you see her just press two buttons on it. That's it. But, interesting actually, towards the end of the film, she wears a very clingy dress and there is no sign of that pump. Let me tell you, I don't know where she's putting it. But I'd love to know. Yeah, give us your tips. There is one really like quite dark bit actually and I do think it's very prevalent. Prevalence, good. Basically, she can't afford her insulin and she gets to the counter at the pharmacy and they say to her, you've got another four days before your insurance will let you reorder this. And she's like, but I've run out. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, you can pay for it. And then she's like, oh, your short acting is $300 and your fast acting is $220 or something. She's like, but I've got no money. And then she just goes without insulin and she inevitably collapses. Um, sorry if I just ruined the whole film that's at the beginning of the film to be fair it's incredibly sad I imagine that's been written in because it's true to life yeah anyway great film thoroughly recommend if you love a terrible rom-com with a little diabetes angle I was in I mean what's not to love about that I'm going to watch it again you've inspired me enjoy (laughs) okay Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Sorry, Amy, I made you record a podcast. Listener, I did not make her record a podcast. I'd like to put she that did. on the record. She said she'd chop off all my fingers. <laughs> and then you can't prick your fingers anymore. And then you're in a real pickle. Well, that's fine. I'm sure I can find other places to prick. Great. <laughs> It's a sad state of affairs, isn't it, Jen Greaves? Yeah, and we've certainly got no podcast, that's for sure. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Hope to see you, hear you, talk at you then. Oh, I always do that. She just keeps talking. She just can't stop. (laughs) 
See you next week. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs>